Hello, hello, hello! I'm Chris Chavez, I'm the founder of Sidious Mag, and you're listening to the Track and Field History Podcast with Jesse Squire. I figured I'd record a short introduction for this episode since Jesse's tied up with teaching today. So on this show, Jesse catches up with Hoka Oneone, Northern Arizona elite head coach Ben Rosario, to discuss the Michigan Pro Academ. It was held at Stony Creek Metro Park in Michigan just this past week. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Ekaden racing style, it's super popular in Japan, and it's a race that consists of a multi-person road relay. In this case, it was six legs, three men, three women, covering the 26.2-mile marathon distance with 10K, 6.1K, and 5K legs. The NAZ team won in 2 hours, 10 minutes, and 11 seconds. Hansen's Brooks Original Distance Project took second in 2.12.08, and Minnesota Distance Elite rounded out the podium in 2.12.51. So in this episode, you'll hear about how the race came together and where that Ekaden racing style could fit into the American distance running scene going forward. You'll also hear a little bit more about race innovation amid the global pandemic, which has led to Ben Rosario teaming up with a group to host the Marathon Project later this year. So without further ado, I'll hand it over to Jesse for his interview with Coach Ben Rosario. So first off, congratulations to uh, your team for their win yesterday morning uh, at the Michigan Academ, the very first time uh, that we've done this thing. Um, so uh, what went well? Uh, who? Uh, what were your thoughts about how your team ran? As far as what went well, I thought the whole event went well. I mean, the, 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 the big winner was just the event. But as far as our team, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was mission accomplished. We wanted to win and we did win. And I thought we did so in, in pretty convincing fashion. And you can't ask for much more than that because we were facing some really good teams and clubs and coaches and athletes. And we're, we're very, uh, very pleased. And you talk about the, the uh, big winner was the event. And you helped uh, kind of come up with the idea since you are a Hanson's Brooks Original Distance Project alum. Uh, you came up with the idea of where to have the race. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the history of this thing goes back to the summertime when uh, Amy Begley called me and was putting out the idea that, hey, maybe we should get the coaches together and see if we can do some sort of road race in the fall because we sort of saw the writing on the wall that there was going to be no mass road races for obvious reasons. Uh, but we didn't think that precluded us from having a professional only race because obviously there's so much more, or so many less logistics and so many less people. And so you can create a safe environment with testing and, and we, we felt like we could do it and we were watching other sports happen. So and we got Kevin on the phone and Lee on the phone and Lee Troop, Kevin Hansen, and we had a Zoom call uh, between us and we started bantering about some ideas. And um, I think that was maybe the first group. And then we got Jerry Schumacher involved and um, eventually Chris Lundstrom from Team Minnesota Distance Elite and Richie Hansen from Roots Running. So we kind of had this um, coaching <laughs> uh, conglomerate here, you know, working together. Uh, but I, I think going back to the first bit, when we were talking about what we could do, I remember that I had put the idea out to my athletes because, you know, ultimately it was for them, you know, it was, hey, what do the athletes want to do? And I think it was Scott Smith on my team said, hey, we should have an Ekaden Relay. And, and I had asked them this before this call because I wanted to come to the call with some ideas. So when I threw out that idea about the Ekaden Relay, everybody was really excited about it because it was different. And 
I don't remember exactly who said what, but we, we kind of thought, well, what about a half marathon? And then I said, well, what if we just stay in the same place? So we could do the Ekaden relay one week and the half marathon the next. I think that was the thinking. And then the thinking was where, and, you know, we can't do it up at altitude. We couldn't do it down in Atlanta. Um, you know, Amy felt like maybe the weather would be a little unpredictable. Plus getting the permit was going to be impossible for any sort of roads down there. And, and I think that's when I said, well, what about Stony Creek uh, to Kevin? Because I knew he had a good relationship with the park. And when you think about a bike path, it's so, um, isolated and, and enclosed as opposed to getting permits for city streets or downtown streets. I mean, that's just not happening right now. And when I said that, I think Kevin kind of perked up and uh, got really excited about the possibility of hosting the event. And he, he really took it from there. My, my, my involvement sort of <laughs> started and ended right there because he took, he took the ball and ran with it from there on in. Yeah. Anybody who's actually tried to put on a race of any kind, um, you know, when you don't have to, deal with closing roads it's like oh man everything becomes so much easier and also it becomes cheaper <laughs> I mean, yes no and i put on a lot of races back in my day and i used to have running stores we put on a lot of events and managed a lot of events and so that was that was where i was coming from with that was hey this will be so much easier i, I mean and, and quite frankly i don't think i don't think anything on the on the roads on city streets was even going to be possible this was this was about the only way to do it yeah yeah, honestly. And so I came up and watched the race and uh, my first reaction was, wow, this is hard to watch because they come by, I'm going to get to see people come by four times. But the honest truth is that if you're watching any other road race in person, that's about the most you're going to see at any point. You know, um, way back in the day before we had any kind of internet type of stuff, one of my friends talked about how we watched the Cleveland Marathon. He lived at a six mile point and then a block over was the 20 mile point on the way back and it was on local cleveland tv he'd just sit up in his apartment watch it until he saw that the leaders were getting close to his apartment he'd run down run out to the street watch him <laughs> go by and hustle back up into his apartment and watch the rest of it on tv and same for when they got to the 20 mile mark and i thought you know we've all got tvs in our pockets now the weather did not cooperate. I understand that there was a lot more set up for people to be able to watch. And we had a big storm come through the night before and kind of knock a lot of things out. And then it was a little breezy, which, you know, if you've lived in the Midwest in October, you know, that's going to, that, that grounded the, uh, the, uh, uh, drone in the sky that we were going to have. The, yeah. The so, so we did the, they did the best they could under the situation. And the other thing was that it was relatively, they did a pretty good job doing this on short notice, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, by race planning standards, this was a really short time frame. Yeah, I mean, as late as August, I, I, think, I think August was, sometime in August was the final, like, yes, this is definitely happening, Kevin, basically put the word out, Hey, you've got to be in, or we're not doing this thing. <laughs> and so everybody, you know, one after the other, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And, uh, and then it was off and running. But if you think about that, that's only two months ago. Yeah. Um, so have you heard anything from the other athletes from other teams or the other coaches about what their thoughts about the event? Oh, we had a text exchange with the coaches after everybody was just thrilled. Everybody loved it and thanking Kevin as, as they should have and, and Keith and the whole Hanson's community and, it, it was great. I mean, our athletes loved it. I'm, I'm staying here in an Airbnb with uh, Scott Falbo and Roy Lindbergh and 
going to be, but everybody's in a great mood. You know, Hanson's already talking about, hey, uh, what could we do better next year? And so there seems to be this feeling that everybody would like to do this again. Um, the one thing that I have seen, you know, I've been around for a while and I've seen some really great ideas that people really loved just kind of, you know, fall apart for one reason or another. Um, as much as everybody would really love to do this, I think one challenge for doing it in a year when we have full racing opportunities is figuring out exactly when to do it might be challenging. Uh, what other, do you have any ideas about how to address that or any other challenges that we might face in the future? Because this is something that everybody seemed to say, I mean, athletes, coaches, and the running community said, I, I love this idea. Yeah, you've identified a huge challenge for sure. Um, I mean, God, I hate to do this because there's such like great spirit about it. But I mean, it, it'll probably come down to money. You know, it'll probably come down to money because if if the if there's enough hype about the event coming off of this, and someone like perhaps an agent is willing to take this on and work with Kevin to uh, create a pitch deck for sponsors, endemics, non-endemics all over the place uh, and start working on it sooner than later, then you have a lot of time to potentially create a situation where the prize money at a race like this would be such that you wouldn't have to make those tough decisions. And you could say, well, why would I go to you know, road race X when the prize money only goes 10 deep and, and, you know, fifth through 10th is, you know, 500, 400, 300, 200, 100. Why would I do that when I could come here and my team could win $10,000 split between six people? Um, you know, again, I hate to make it about money, but it is a professional sport. So I, I would think that that would be one solution would be to create um, enough of a prize purse. And this is not a knock not a knock. I mean, I can't even believe Kevin came up with any prize money. That's, that's unreal in two months. And he basically took it out of his own uh, pocket, but um, cause we won $2,000 for winning the race, which was great. Uh, and, and, uh, and the athletes won $500 if they won their leg and $200 if they got second place in their leg. So that's actually a pretty good uh, prize structure, but if, if it could be even more money subsidized by a big sponsor, then I think that would be the number one thing to, um, to make it work. And I think quickly uh, to answer the question about what time of year I actually like this time of year because a lot of people are doing fall marathons um, a little bit later I, I, I would think maybe you would move it to September and it would serve as a uh, as a I hate this word but tune-up uh, before the athletes would maybe go on to run Chicago or New York or, or CIM or whatever it might be later in the fall yeah I mean because you know if, if if you look back at in the day, like the fifties to the sixties, and you look at track people and doing like pen relays or the Kansas relays in distance events, a lot of times you're just kind of out on your own and it's time trial. You know, I mean, to a degree, that's the way it was yesterday. Um, by the third leg, um, you know, your team was way out in front and they were not, they were running by themselves. And there was a fight. There were a couple of places where there are some changes in position, but to a great degree, it's you'd like to think that you're running it all out, you know. And if there's a situation, you might. But 
really honestly, it, it, you could end up being in a time trial situation where you don't have a huge amount of pressure to run really, really as hard as you possibly can. So there's that. Um, and the one other time of year that you could run it already has what isn't going to happen this year. And I heard it was one of the things that people are missing, which is the club cross country championships, which to me, um, if I look at innovations uh, by the National Federation in the last 25 years, probably the single most successful thing is creating the club cross country championships. Um, if you look back at participation rates at the, you know, the way it used to be was for, from about 1910 till about late 90s, you had just the national cross country championships were in the fall. And as the US started competing at the world cross country championships in the mid seventies, we said, well, okay, having a, our selection race two or three months before the championship isn't the best situation. So we'll have a selection, we'll have a trials race a couple of weeks before the worlds. Okay, and so the participation rate at the fall championships just went down and down and down and down to the point where you have like, you know, less than a hundred people running, maybe 50 sometimes. And so they came up with this new idea and in participation in the club cross country championships is bigger than fall cross country championships ever were. You're talking 300, 400 people. And really, honestly, I think one of the reasons that it's been so successful is, well, everybody really likes that the that a lot of the top clubs show up. The Hansons are always there. Uh, Northern Arizona Elite's usually there. You know, a lot of the other top clubs are already there. Honestly, if you don't show up, you know, it's still going to happen because it's really targeted towards the, the serious amateur runner. And then the, and sometimes the, the line between an elite amateur and a struggling pro is, is kind of blurry, you know, it's, um, and so one of the things people talked about was, well, how do we pick which teams are going to be in this, um, this, uh, uh, this relay? Um, how many teams do you think you could really possibly support in a situation where you're not trying to keep people separate so we don't pass along some potentially deadly disease? That's a good question. I mean, these are things I hadn't thought about. Um, so the answers aren't right off the, they're not going to roll off my tongue here, but I agree with you. The club cross country championships are popular because of the team aspect. And I can speak to this because when I uh, owned my running stores, Big River Running Company, we used to send our team, the Big River Racing Team, to clubs, and it was our chance to relive our high school and college glory days, you know, and you put on the spikes and, you know, you, you, you huddle up as a team before the race and you, you run the race and then you, you know, it kind of reminded you of the national meet back in the day when you would go party afterward because it was the end of the season and, you know, we would get together for workouts in the weeks leading up to the, it was great. And, and uh, so I think that same atmosphere can be achieved in an academic. Well, I know it can, because I just witnessed it yesterday. So that same kind of camaraderie. And I think there's plenty of, of sub elite, sub elite, you know, high end amateur teams around the country that could put together a co-ed team of six people. I don't think that's terribly uh, hard to imagine. So yeah, I don't see why you couldn't get a good 20, 25 teams that were, pretty decent to, to do something like this. I, I don't know what you think, but that's what I would think. I had barely, I barely remember this. This must have been the eighties, maybe early nineties. I think it was in New York city. I think they did it in, in central park, but I can't remember where they had an event called the America's Den, And it was like, it was national teams running 
I don't remember how many national teams. I know obviously the U.S. had one and probably the Kenyans and the Ethiopians because, you know, you can't have a distance event without them coming and cleaning up and probably Japanese team. I can't recall who else. But then they actually had 50 teams from the U.S. They had, they somehow, they selected one team for every state in the union. And okay. so there were, there, there must have been close to 60 teams on the start line. Yeah. And so how in the world they did that, I don't know. But, you know, in, in any big road race, you've got way more than 50 people on the start line. And it's a relay. You know, you can have 300 people competing, but it's only 50 at a time. And that's one of the things where I think yesterday's event was the perfect way to respond to our current situation was because, you know, you, you had a very, very low density of people at all times. It was about as safe an athletic event as is possible to put on other than, you know, a cycling time trial against the clock. I mean, yes. really, honestly, it was, you did a great job of being able to, to keep people safe yesterday. That brings me to another thing. Was there any particular reason why it was done on a Wednesday morning? That reason, that exact reason. So when we had talked about it as a group, I mean, right away, we're like, well, we're not going to be able to do it on Saturday or Sunday because we weren't going to be able to close down the park. The, the park was actually not closed. The bike path was not closed yesterday. Um, they weren't going to do that, but they were willing to, um, they were willing to allow Kevin to host it on a Wednesday morning. And we could have done Tuesday or Thursday or whatever, a weekday morning, because the density of the people in the park at that time, particularly 10 a.m., uh, just wanted to be he was able to have lead bikers go through in front and you know politely ask people to move to the side as the racers came by and so it was really just because of the COVID situation where we we would we would be bothering the least amount of people on a Wednesday morning and causing the least bit of stir on a Wednesday morning and and then also look some people came and watched obviously you came and watched but it was going to be hard for people to come watch on a Wednesday morning and we didn't want to fill the park um, because that would not have looked good um, in this current situation. Yeah, and even in a in a situation where we don't have any worries, you know, hopefully a year from now. We're, we're in a much better situation on a national and worldwide level. Um, I wonder, you know, there's only so much space in that park. And if you try to fill it with spectators, it'd be great on foot, but we know how Americans are and people would get in their cars and try to drive around to watch the race and all of a sudden be bumper to bumper and nobody can get anywhere. So um, if it's done again, we, we have some logistical issues to worry about, but I, I want to thank you for doing it on a Wednesday morning because uh, my day job is teacher and um, and we're in a situation where we're doing 100% remote learning and Wednesday is a day where I don't have classes scheduled and I could uh, take a personal day and not worry about blowing up my teaching. So that worked out well for me personally. But yeah, there were, I saw like a couple of people walking a dog and like, aware that at some point they were going to have to get off their butt off the, the trail. But yeah, it was, it was eerily empty, eerily empty, which is an experience that we had back in March and April, we would go places and it would be eerie how empty they were, but not at this point. Uh, do I understand that uh, Northern Arizona Elite is hosting another event later on this year? Yes and no. It's not Northern Arizona Elite hosting, but I, but I am working with uh, Josh Cox, uh, a friend of mine who 
operates Boom Management. He's one of the top athlete representatives in the country. And then my former business partner, Matt Helbig uh, from Big River Race Management. So we're the, um, the team, if you will, putting on an event called the Marathon Project in December, December 20th in Chandler, Arizona. Same idea, which is, can we create an opportunity for professional athletes to compete on the roads during the pandemic? And so that was where the idea was born. And, um, you know, while this event that we're, uh, or these two events in Michigan are, um, you know, between 5K, I guess, if you're looking at the Ekaden Lakes and the half marathon, which we're running next week, uh, we, we felt like, hey, let's see if we can also do a marathon because the marathon is the sexiest event on the roads, I think it's fair to say. And so it's very important for the sport to have a marathon in the fall, I feel like, in the United States. It's very important for the athletes to have a marathon to run for a variety of reasons. Number one, to give them something to look forward to. This is what they do. Uh, but but it's, this is also their job. And so, you know, if, if, if you understand how athlete contracts work, there's big bonuses for, for marathon times. And so we wanted to give them the opportunity before the end of the year to, um, to run a marathon, potentially get bonus money from, from whatever their time might be and, and potentially impress sponsors so that they, they can get another contract for 2021 and beyond. And, and I'm not talking about our athletes. I'm talking about just in general, you know, Josh and I and Matt, we're, we're not putting this on for the NAZ elite athletes. We're, we're putting this on for, um, for a hundred athletes. And, and that's how we see it. And, um, you know, it's, it's limited to 50 men and 50 women. We ended up allowing a few more than that into the field because we figure there'll be some attrition as we get closer injuries and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's a loop course, four mile loop, uh, four point something mile loop. And it's really, really fast. And, you know, that's, I, I think it's going to be a great event. We've got some fun announcements coming out very soon about, uh, some things that right now are happening behind the scenes, but I can promise you that everything is moving in the right direction. Okay. So, um, we'll hope that, do you know if there's going to be any way that we can, uh, is there any plan to broadcast this? That's or? one of the things that's happening behind the scenes. I promise the, the broadcast partnership announcement is going to be very fun. It's, it's something we're very proud of. And I think people are going to be surprised with uh, the coverage. Okay. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, and gives us something to look forward to. And uh, the numbers are, that we're seeing right now look like the next few months are going to be a little grim. So anything that we can have that can uh, give us a, a bright, bright in our day a little bit is going to be great. Um, well, I think you're right about that. I mean, and we're very aware that, the, you know, it's not like the numbers are getting better. So we're going to have to be that much more careful with this event. And believe me, we are going to be. But I just got off a Zoom call with Josh and Matt. And one of our major topics was testing and how exactly we're going to run everything. And, um, you know, it's we have sort of a bubble created because the Sheraton Hotel, which is essentially on the course, is, is our host hotel. I mean, it's a half mile from the course. So it's not like the athletes are going to be flying, uh, you know, taking Ubers all around town all weekend. I mean, they're going to be right there almost on campus, if you will. And, you know, we, we do feel confident in the, in the safety measures we're taking, you know, the tech meeting, which is usually a hundred people in one room is going to be on zoom, you know, for example, um, there's no, there's not going to be a athlete hospitality suite at the hotel. Instead, you're going to get a brown bag with some, with some treats and things in it when you, when you come to the hotel. Um, so things that you would have normally gotten in the hospitality suite, uh, walking in and out all weekend, that's not going to be there, but you're going to get, you're going to get that, but, but in a bag, uh, just, just different things like that. We're thinking through everything. And if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen some of the info about the event, 
I mean, the fields are stacked. I mean, we're talking about, you know, on the women's side, uh, first of all, it's Sede Besa is running. She's won Chicago and, and Paris and, and uh, Boston. Um, she's coming back now after having a couple of children. Um, you know, Kellen Taylor, Sarah Hall, Stephanie Bruce, Emma Bates, Emma, Emma Ulmer now. Um, I mean, that's, that's huge. These are the best marathoners in the United States. And then uh, on the men's side, we've got, uh, you know, Augustus Mile, who was fifth at the trials, Martin Heher, who was sixth. C.J. Albertson, seventh, Jonas Hampton, eighth, Colin Benny, ninth, Matt McDonald, tenth. They're all back and running. And then Scott Fauble, who's run 209. And um, and then Cam Levins, who's the Canadian record holder, is trying to make his Canadian Olympic team. Rory Linkletter from our squad is trying to make the Canadian Olympic team. It's almost a de facto Canadian trials. And so and, and we've got some of the top Mexican athletes. It, it's, it's an unbelievably stacked field, probably deeper than you would have even in the majors. So, yeah, that sounds like. I'm excited. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It and it will kind of. There was a time when um, outside of Boston, you know, most marathon, pretty much any marathon in the United States, only had 50 people in it to begin with. <laughs> I mean, if you look back at Western states, maybe in the 1960s, that's just how it was. There were barely, you know, there was a time when there were barely more than, you know, two or three hundred people who considered themselves distance runners in the whole country, um, and at least. You know, being around and talking to the pros, and then I've spent some time around some college teams, and I've been working with so our local city league is still having cross country. Just we don't have a whole lot of kids out, but we're getting some races done, and we've been able. Everybody seems to have been able to keep safe. I haven't even had seen people that had to quarantine. We had we unfortunately had Barman Track Club had to drop out of yesterday's event because. They just had a few people that, you know, came in contact with somebody and had to quarantine. Um, but we, the distance running uh, community seems to be handling this okay. And I'm thinking if for no other reason, most of us are used to being loners, you know, <laughs> I mean. Maybe not by our own choice, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, honestly, if you're, if you're used to spending two or three hours on the roads by yourself, you know, you are willing to just, you know, be be as safe and as distant as you have to. I'm not liking it, but but we're making it. So yeah, I, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist, but I but I think what you're saying uh, has a lot of truth to it. it. It you know, from what we're hearing from the experts, running together outside is is a very low low risk activity for one, and you know, I do think runners of all ages and ability levels are able to stay a little bit more mentally healthy because they run. Um, they're able to get outside safely and, and do their run every day. And that keeps them uh, in a mental state that is a little healthier than if you literally are cooped up, not able to do anything. And so we should all feel very fortunate if, if that's the boat we're in um, because look, a lot of people have it a lot tougher. Yeah. Um, when I coached high school, I was just, saying to a kid one time but you know you know when you get all worked up you get tired enough and it shuts off the crazy and one of the parents just heard me say that and said oh you have it too and i said <laughs> we all do we yes. all do and again that's the idea get yourself tired enough and you realize that your problems are small in the big world big picture of things all right. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, this is uh, actually quite a long discussion, longer than I figured, but 
Hey, uh, it's always good to talk to somebody. And um, we're excited that the Michigan Academy did so well. And we're excited and hoping that Americans Marathon will do just as well. Well, thank you. And tune into the to the half marathon that that uh, is going to be here in Michigan next week, too. So that'll be Wednesday, October 28th and uh, small fields, but really quality fields for the men and the women. Uh, same course that you saw yesterday around around the lake there at Stony Creek. And I think it's going to be pretty good. OK, thanks for your time, Ben. All right. Thanks, Jesse.